morning. Good to see you here. Let me give you some announcements as I welcome you here. The Council on Ministries and Evangelism Membership Committee, which is on, in the bulletin meeting this afternoon, is not meeting this afternoon, but will be meeting next Sunday at the same times as listed in the bulletin. So it's not this Sunday, next Sunday at those same times. Handbells practice in the second and third grade Sunday school classroom at five. Choir, Mission Kids, and Bible Study will meet from 5.37 in our regular Sunday night classrooms. I wanted to give you a report on Bob Dunlap, who has been moved now from Carolina's rehab to a skilled nursing facility in the uh, Charlotte area. In next week's bulletin, I'll have your, uh, the address uh, and information for you to send cards and notes to him. Today is Baptism of the Lord's Sunday, and this is the Sunday, of course, in which we remember the Lord's baptism, and uh, I will use, I'm going to use it to also talk a little bit about baptism. As your, as your pastor, I, occasionally I have to talk about doctrines. Bishop Williman once said that ministers are the resident theologians in their community, so as your resident theologian, uh, I think that's a pretty lofty title, actually, but... Uh, we, uh, I do want to talk about baptism with today, and then we will remember our baptism uh, with a special uh, liturgy and service after the sermon when we'll re we will uh, participate and remember and be thankful uh, for our baptism. I believe that is all the announcements I have at this time. Let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Living God, when the Spirit descended on Jesus at His baptism in Jordan's water, You revealed Him as Your own beloved Son. You anointed Him with the Holy Spirit. Grant that all who are baptized into His name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, now and forever. Amen. maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
seated and let our children come up now for our children's time. sermon about the parable of the talents, uh, which is found in Matthew 24. Um, five of the children that are up here um, today were here that day. Uh, John and Julia Shannon, Sarah Catherine, and Emma and Sarah were all up here that day. Well, that day, uh, after explaining the parable to them, we uh, gave each one of them $50 and asked, told them they could do anything they wanted to with it. Uh, they could use it for seed money, or they could go bury it in the backyard, whatever they wanted to do. It was their $50 to do with as they pleased. Um, we told them one year later that we would come back and find out how they use the money. So now it's one year later, and I thought it was only fair to see what they've been up to. Um, I'm sure most of you know they didn't bury it in the backyard. <clears throat> I don't have an exact figure, but with Ann Hammond's help, um, it we have a pretty good idea what the total is. Now, those five uh, children were given $50 each, so that's $250. And they have turned that into $5,500. Now, in the parable... <laughs> in, the, in the parable of the, of the talents, two of the servants double what they had, and the other servant, if you're familiar with it, buried um, his money in the backyard because he was afraid that he would lose it. Um, but these five children weren't, certainly weren't afraid. They were able to step out and make a difference with what they were given. Now, if my math's right, they didn't double it or triple it or even quadruple it. They turned that $250, um, turns out to be 22 times what they started with. And every dollar that they have, um, that, th that they have um, accumulated has gone back into the church uh, some to the budget, some to the building fund, some to children's ministries and, um, and the Shannon's project for the uh, two new scoreboards. And I'm going to ask uh, if they will, j just very briefly, each one of them to say something about what they learned uh, during the past year with the parable of the talents. And we'll just start with you, Sarah Catherine. I learned that doing just something very little can pay off a lot. It is best to like increase the talents you have. We are also continuing the the fundraising that we do for a new cause. It's the Heifer Project. Okay. Which I'll speak more of that later after everybody goes. Well. We learned about baking bread, but we also learned that when you have money and you work to make it more, 
then you can do good things. And when we gave it to the building fund, we learned that it was a double gift because you, also, you give it to the church, but it also helps the church not have to pay as much to um, what they owe for this building. Luke quotes Jesus uh, as saying it's more blessed to give to receive and I would suspect that these children would echo those words and add that it was fun uh, and exciting to be involved in making a difference using their imagination because they came up with these, uh, these ideas on their own and some of it was hard work so I'm sure I speak for them when I say that the, uh, um, to those in the congregation who supported them that they offer their thanks and I hope you'll congratulate them as well. Now, today, we're talking about everything's got to do with baptism. And you see the water up here, and I think later on in, at the end of the service, we're going to get to reaffirm our baptism if we want to. But the beginning of a new year is always an exciting time. Uh, lots of people like to make New Year's resolutions. Do you know what the number one resolution is? Guess. To lose weight, exactly, Julia. Well, guess what? It must not work very well because it's the number one year after year after year. Um, so did y'all make any resolutions? Anybody here make any resolutions? Emma? Emma decided not to bite her nails. Okay, anybody else? That's a good one. We have to make personal, John. Okay. All right. Well, even if you didn't make any resolutions, the beginning of a new year is still an exciting time. Uh, it's a time when we think about the past year, but we also look forward to what's uh, going to be coming up in the new year. Um, we can put those mistakes that we made last year in the rearview mirror and concentrate on doing a better <coughs> job during the coming year. It's a time of new beginnings. Uh, Jesus experienced new, be new beginnings in his life as well. Uh, one of those times was when he was baptized. Now, we know a pretty good bit about Jesus' uh, Jesus's youth, at least up through the time he was 12 years old, but from the time he was 12 until the time he was 30, we know very little about what Jesus was involved in. But that's what, at the age of 30 is where our story starts today. Uh, when he was 30, all the Gospels tell us that Jesus was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And when John baptized Jesus, the scripture tells us that the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on him. And then a voice came down from heaven and said, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now, that event marked the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Until he was baptized, he had never performed any miracles. He had never preached in front of any great, large crowds. Uh, when the heavens opened up and God spoke to him, uh, it was God's way of putting a stamp of approval on his son. You know how a coach gives a team a pep talk before a big game? 
Well, this was God's way of telling Jesus that you've been practicing for 30 years, and now it's time for you to go out there and show them what you got. Well, Jesus did just that, and he didn't disappoint his coach. For the next three years, he went out, performed miracles, preached in front of thousands of people, and proved to everybody that indeed he was the Son of God. Well, in the Methodist Church, most of us were baptized when we were infants. The baptismal covenant in our hymnal uses these words as part of the ritual. Through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated, that means brought into, Christ's holy church. We are incorporated or become a part of God's mighty acts of salvation and given, and these are important words, new birth through water and the spirit. New birth, new birth, those are powerful words. It means a new beginning for each one of us. It means by asking for forgiveness of our sins that we can start over with a clean slate. It means God's always willing to forgive us, to give us a second chance, a third chance, a fourth, every how many chances we need, God is willing to give us that many chances. Now, he may not always be well pleased with us like he was with Jesus, uh, but I think he smiles down on us when he knows that we're trying to walk with Jesus. And what I would encourage you to do during this new year is make a resolution to walk, to try to walk with Jesus. Okay, let's pray. Father God, thank you for new beginnings. Help me to walk with Jesus in all that I do. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. bow our heads for prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty God, as we consider your power, we stand in awe of you. We are called into your presence and we join all those on heaven and earth praising your name, coming before you to receive your blessings and to offer our thanksgiving and petitions. But we must confess that we have heard your promises and we often ignore them. We know of your presence and we rely upon our own strength. You count us as precious in your sight and yet we act not as honored people but we dishonor you. You have redeemed us, but we continue in our wayward past. Oh God, in your infinite mercy, forgive us and restore us to our rightful place as children in your family. We know that at the River Jordan, your spirit anointed Jesus for his mission 
to bring your salvation to all the world. We pray that in this day that you would also, with the same Spirit, enable us to be means of grace to rightly proclaim your message to those who do not yet believe. We pray this day, O oh God, for all those who are listed on our prayer list. In your power, give strength to those who are weakened by disease and injury. May your abiding presence comfort those who are alone. And by your grace, attend to those who are passing through the doorway of death. We lift them up. And those that we lift in our hearts now, we name before you. We are reminded that through baptism we are assured of your love and care. So hear now your people as we come to trust in you, as we ask these things in the name of our Lord who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now we let our ushers come forward as we receive our tithes and our offerings.
the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verse 15, 16, and 21 and 22, give attention to the reading of God's holy word. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John, the one we know as the Baptist, might possibly be the Christ. And John answered them, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, help us to see and understand what a wonderful gift we have received in baptism. And help us to see and to understand what that means as far as being a disciple now in the world. We pray in your name. Amen. Now today I want to try to answer about four quick questions. What's baptism? Does the act of baptism save you? Why do we baptize infants and children? And why do we do a reaffirmation service? First of all, for us to really understand this, we have to understand that Jesus entered into a new relationship with God, a new covenant. Through Jesus, we have entered in. We have been made worthy to stand justified before our God because Jesus died on the cross. We were cleansed of original sin, forgiven of past sin, transformed from the power of sin, and redeemed, allowing us to be children of God. So when sinful people turn to Jesus, the Holy Spirit penetrates the core of their being, begins an important work of regeneration, or as Wesley liked to call it, going on to perfection. Another way that people say this is we were born again into the Spirit of God who fills us with new life, circumcises our hearts, and purifies us from past sin. And God has chosen this sign act, this sacrament, this imagery of baptism to describe this divine work that begins at our baptism. The sacrament of baptism is an outward sign of God's inward grace at work in our hearts. The sacrament of baptism is an outward sign of God's inward grace at work in our hearts. The baptismal act asks God to make all His promises in Christ effective in the life of the individual being baptized. And therefore, since it represents action by God, it does not need to be repeated. <coughs> this service has been seen as the initiation rite into the membership in a Christ's holy church. In fact, lots of churches have their baptismal font located right there before you come from the narthex into the sanctuary to 
as a symbol that it is through baptism that you come in, enter into the church. Does this act save you? No. It is a sign of God's saving grace, but not the reality itself. Think Old Testament, think Abraham. Abraham was not saved by circumcision. Abraham was saved by faith in God's promise. And yet it must be emphasized that God commanded circumcision as a sign of the faith in that promise. Likewise, in the new covenant, God saves us by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not by baptism, yet it must be noted that Jesus commanded baptism as a sign act of faith in that belief. It is our way of participating in God's holy promise. My friends, the Apostle Paul said that this is a gift of God. So we must remember that this sacrament of baptism is a gift of grace to us. Now what we do with this gift of grace is determinative. Now why do we baptize infants and children? The Bible taught that the old covenant signs should be applied to adults as well as children. Baptism of children, just like the circumcision of children, symbolizes the reality that they're set apart in the sight of God. In infant and children baptism, we proclaim the promise of God and in confirmation, those same children and infants that are presented, that are sponsored by their parents or others, in confirmation, they've come to profess their personal faith in that baptismal act. In our faith belief, baptism and confirmation go hand in hand. Now remember, to Abraham, circumcision was not insurance. It was just a sign of the covenant that Abraham would raise his son in the knowledge of the Lord and that God in turn would have regard for him and show him favor. Baptism, likewise, is not insurance, but it is a sign of the new covenant that God makes with us in Jesus Christ. And baptism of children is when we publicly acknowledge that our children are not our own but belong to God. And we're only stewards of their life and faith until they come to confirm that themselves at the age of confirmation. Now that brings us to this service. Why do we reaffirm our baptism? Well, before I give you the official answer, let me give you the personal reason why we're doing it. About so many odd years ago, when I followed the call into the ministry, it was not too long after that that my father called and said, son, next time you're up here in North Carolina, I want to talk to you about a very important matter. I need to talk to you about baptism. And so the next time I was there, Dad started talking to me about baptism, and he said that he had looked in the family Bible, and all his brothers and sisters, both older and younger, were all written that they had been baptized in the family Bible. But his name was not there. 
And he was concerned that he had not been baptized. And so he wanted me to baptize him again, just in case. And thus began my introduction to the baptismal reaffirmation service. Because I knew I had been taught in seminary that to, that rebaptizing was at one time seen as a heresy. And it was definitely something that we did not teach or preach within our denomination. I talked, did some exploration, and my dad had been raised Episcopalian in a small country church that did not have a regular priest assigned. And so they had, kind of like we do some, in some churches, lay ministers who performed all the things except the sacraments. And every so often the bishop would come along and would perform the sacraments of baptism for all those who had been born since his last visit and the sacrament of communion for everyone else. And I am convinced after talking to uh, some, his, one of his sisters and and uh, discussing this with some of my colle uh, colleagues and others and talking to some people in the Episcopal Church, they assured me that even though the records were lost and as it sometimes happened, these little rural churches had burned and that particular church had burned and all the records had been lost, that they were positive, positive, that dad would have got baptized when that bishop came because that bishop, one of his jobs was to make sure that everybody born since the last time was baptized. So I told all this stuff to my dad, and I said, Dad, have you ever heard of a baptismal reaffirmation service? And he said, no, what's that? And, and let me tell you that from that point until today in every church I've served, I have introduced a baptismal reaffirmation service, and everybody says the same thing. What's that? Never done that before. I wonder sometimes about our ministers who ignore parts of the Bible and parts of the hymnal and parts of the discipline, but I took it kind of serious because of my dad. I figured he wasn't the only one out there who couldn't remember their baptism. After all, most of us were baptized as children or infants. And it may be someone else might like to remember their baptism, think about their baptism, and to be thankful for their baptism. Baptism is such an important thing. It's one of only two commands Jesus gave us. Go and baptize and do this in remembrance of me, the Eucharist. And so I said, Dad, talk to your minister, because he's a Methodist now. And I said, if he doesn't know how to do the baptism reaffirmation service, then you can come the next time I do one at one of my churches and you can be reaffirmed. Well, I want you to know that Dad did talk to, his, to the pastor Dad kind of wields a lot of influence in our home church. He's sat on lots of boards, been on the PPRC and all those kind of things. And the fact that he had a son who was a minister, he got to talk to the minister, you know, quicker than somebody else does. Anyway, that minister had not, did not even know it was in the hymnal. Folks, it's in our hymnal, page 50. What we do today is a little adaption of it. And uh, anyway, Dad remembered his baptism. And I want you to know that that was a very joyous occasion for him. He was really worried that somehow or another he had been forgotten in the book of life, the redeemed. Strong man of faith, I never quite understand it. But here is the official reason 
We remember our baptism because God commands us to preach the good news and to testify that Jesus Christ is the one God appointed as judge of the living and the dead and that all the prophets testify about Jesus and everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And this is the new life that we have that the baptism is a sign act of sacrament of. And this is the message we are to share. And this is the life that we are called to live as Christian disciples who are baptized. And so today in this service, we remind ourselves of our responsibilities as disciples and our responsibilities to make disciples. So I invite you now to remember your baptism and be thankful. If you would turn with me to the insert in the bulletin. baptismal bowl out of our baptismal font. Our baptismal font, though, weighs about 5,000 pounds. <laughs> it's pretty hard to move around. And so we have simply put it here. So now, if you'll follow along and respond with me. Sisters and brothers in Christ, the sacrament <laughs> of through the sacrament of baptism, God's Spirit has been poured out upon water Water poured over and immersing us. Water that flows freely for all who will receive it. Water from the streams of God's saving power and justice. Water that brings hope to all who thirst for righteousness. Water that refreshes life, nurtures growth, and offers new birth. And so today we come to the waters to renew our commitments and each other's presence to Christ who has raised us the Spirit who has birthed us, and the Creator who is making all things new. Now as we go through this, if you do not remember your baptism and you were baptized as a child or an infant, think about your parents or grandparents or sponsors who stood before a pastor when you were a child and were asked these same questions. These questions that I hope those of you who went through confirmation had to answer. But we're going to reaffirm them. And so I asked you, will you turn away from the powers of sin and death? We renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of our sin. Will you let the Spirit use you as prophets to the powers that be? We accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil, injustice, and oppression. Will you proclaim the good news and live as disciples of Jesus Christ, his body on earth? We confess Jesus Christ as our Savior, who our whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as our Lord, in the union with the church, which Christ has opened to the people of all ages, nations, and races. Will you be living witnesses to the gospel, individually and together, wherever you are and in all that you do. We will remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world. Will you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? 
The Spirit of the Lord is with us. Almighty God, in the life you birthed in us by baptism into Jesus Christ will never die. Your justice never fails. Your mercy is everlasting. Your healing river flows. Your spirit blows where you will. We cannot stop you, God, but sometimes we try. We try to block the flow. We redirect the winds of the Spirit. Or we walk so far away from the life-giving stream that we do not hear its sound and we forget its power. We march ourselves. We are dry and thirsty, O God. Come and refresh us. Come upon us, Holy Spirit. Come upon us, Holy Spirit. Come upon these waters. Come upon these waters. Let these waters be to us drops of your mercy. Let these waters remind us of your righteousness and justice. Let these waters renew in us the resurrection power of Jesus. Let these waters make us long for your coming reign. Most holy God, Abba, Father, glory to you. Jesus Christ, Savior, Lord, glory to you. Spirit of fire, spirit over the water, spirit of holiness. Glory to you. Eternal God, one in three, and three in one. All glory is yours, now and forever. Amen. Now all who are baptized and renewed their vows are invited to come to the font to use the water as a sign of refreshing. As each uses the water, another might say to her or him, remember that you're baptized and rejoice or be thankful. We've asked the choir to come first. Simply touch the water, and then you may make the sign of the cross on your forehead. You may stop and pray. Thank God that you're part of the baptized redeemed in the world. And then you may go back to your seat. So we're going to have the choir come first. If they'd go ahead and start coming. And then as the choir, after the choir comes, if you'll just simply come down the aisle and stop and go and back in. Take time. Don't just see it as some water I'm sticking my finger in. Think about it. It's the baptism that you had, that you received, and all the promises that were made for you on your behalf, and all that that means. And then when you leave this place, please make sure you tell people you reaffirmed your baptism. You weren't rebaptized reaffirmed your baptism. God bless you all. Remember your baptism and be thankful.
baptism. you're baptized and rejoice. We want to start beginning to come from these uh, first aisles here. Take pews rather and work your way back then.
thank you that in those represent your spirit and your giving to us promises of everlasting life and glory with you eternally. We praise you.